Thanks, guys. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Church in the Valley. My name is Alex Barrett, and I'm the campus pastor here. It's good to have all of you with us to, to worship. And we are continuing a message series that we launched last week called Aftermath. And you'll see this on the screen. We're talking about how to move forward and rebuild in the aftermath and the storms and the different things that, that we face uh, in life. And if you've ever been in a place where uh, you feel like you're kind of spiraling or you're caught in a rut or it seems like you can't get ahead, then over the course of this series, we, we want to help you from a biblical perspective, showing how God wants to meet you in the middle of the storms that you're facing, maybe in the middle of some of the rubble of things that have broken down and uh, how he helps us move forward. And if you look at this image, uh, the idea here is if, if you focus on the waves and you focus on the storm, you, you actually don't know how to move forward. But if you focus on the light and there, the lighthouse there, that's that's where you to safety. That's where safety is. And that's how we're approaching this series, not just focusing on our circumstances or focusing on the ruts that we find ourselves in or our problems, our circumstances. But how do we actually focus on the way forward? And what does the Bible have to say about finding the way forward? And as you walk with God, as you commit to follow him, you find that the Bible is very specific to how to conduct and to live life. And that's how we approach it from Church in the Valley. Like, as we gather on a Sunday, we want to dig into the Bible to find out how do we move forward in life? How do we approach it, uh, life from, from God's perspective? And so last week we talked about in the aftermath, in the storms we find ourselves in, we actually need a new foundation to build on. Uh, in life, we can't just rebuild on a cracked foundation. And the cracked foundation is, is all of us, what we find ourselves in, independent from God, want to do life our own way. That foundation is actually not a secure life that we can live. We, we need a new foundation. And as we celebrated Easter last week as a church, we looked at how a relationship with Jesus is possible and hope is possible because he gives us a new foundation uh, to build on. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to look at what does it mean and look like to rebuild on the foundation of walking with Jesus Christ? How does that look differently? Because if we just paint over the cracks of our life, the, the cracks are still there. But how does walking with God actually fill in the holes and fill in the cracks of, of our life and the struggles that, that we face and have faced? Some of us for, for years and years, and we can feel plagued and bogged down by them. And so this series is a look at hope. And at the same time, we're looking at, at wisdom. And I want to show a clip briefly because it, it illustrates what can happen when we're not on the right foundation. And this is a landslide. And a disclaimer, the video that's taken is from the people whose house this belongs to, so nobody was hurt in the making of this video. Let's watch it together. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
Can you imagine that? There's an interview right following this on the news where the family was inside and they were they were inside and there were some storms and so they knew there was potential for, for mudslides. They're inside their house and they heard some like cracking and noise and they got out of that about 30 seconds before, turned the camera on, and then you see the aftermath. That's their house sliding and just this giant mud and trees just falling right on it. As you can see in that, that that's a real aftermath where... They're going to now have to figure out how do they rebuild and how do they figure out how to live there. And from that clip, like, that's like a whole reconstruction. I mean, you can't just kind of put some tape on that. You have to completely rethink how that house is going to be rebuilt. And that's what it's like in our lives as well. And that's why the foundation of following Jesus is so important is because many times we approach our problems by what's kind of quick fixes What's maybe some simple things that we can do to patch holes? We actually need a whole new way of living. And in this series, we're looking at how that happens, not only through following Jesus, but how that happens as we pursue wisdom and learn from the wisdom that God gives us. That's what you find in the scriptures is God wants us to learn wisdom. He wants us to learn how to not only build on the right foundation of his son, Jesus, but how to live life and every aspect of life in a wise way that makes that causes us to make wise choices. And so over the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at how, how, this, how this happens and what this, what this looks like. And uh, for us, some of the aftermath uh, can be some of the little cracks that are in our own foundations. Like in our relationships, there might be conflict that, that you're experiencing right now with a loved one. And you may have experienced this conflict for a long time. What happens over time is as conflict is in your relationships, if you don't act differently and treat each other differently, those those cracks widen and relationships can begin to erode. So we need wisdom on on how do we actually deal in our relationships in a wise way. Uh, In life, if you have some patterns of being like slack handed or maybe not diligent in your work and you turn into laziness, uh, cracks in your in your work and your responsibilities can begin to show. And over time, the cracks widen, and we can actually lose jobs. We can get in trouble financially. And what happens in life is so many times we make decisions along the way that kind of cause the cracks to grow, and we get to the point where we experience some of the devastation. If you're like me, you get to a point where you're like, how did this happen? Everything just seemed fine. But if you look kind of closely, you can see decisions and attitudes along the way kind of cause the cracks to widen. And so we need wisdom to see our circumstances differently. We need wisdom to see our relationships differently. Because we need to know what do we need to do so we don't experience the same things again and again. And so I want to start today by digging into the Proverbs, which is in the Old Testament of the Bible. And the Proverbs are really helpful because it actually describes wisdom and how to get it not only what it is but how do you actually get wisdom uh, in your life because we need god's wisdom to rebuild in the aftermath that's what you find in in proverbs if you want to rebuild your life if you want to make progress if you want to actually build a life that's going to count and matter you need wisdom and if you want to rebuild you need wisdom and so wisdom is, is what's needed to rebuild in the aftermath. And wisdom is the ability to make the best choice in 
the flow of life. That's really wisdom. How do you make the best choice in the flow of life as life is happening to you? As things are happening and circumstances are unfolding, wisdom is what do I do right here and right now to read my situation and respond in the right way? And that, that's what wisdom provides. It's the best choice, the best choice in the moment that, that I'm facing. Uh, before I kind of describe wisdom, there are a few things that, that it brings. Okay? If you learn wisdom and you grow in wisdom, uh, it increases your ability to do a few things. The first is it helps you respond well to the flow of life. In the aftermath of things, when, when our circumstances are not going as we want, when we're experiencing obstacles, frustration, many times the way we respond in the middle of that determines a lot of what happens as we move forward. If we respond in a right way that's pleasing to God, then, then we actually make progress. If we respond in a wrong way based on just frustration or anger or just being so mad, things can unravel further. So wisdom helps us to respond well in the flow. Wisdom also helps us choose the right goals. Have you been faced with your life as you look at like your future and you have two goals that seem going in two different directions and you wonder which one should I choose? I know I have. And they seem like they're good choices. But the paths are very different. So how do I know which path to take? Wisdom helps you choose the right goals. And then wisdom also helps you see out of the goals that you have which is the better path? Which is the one that you should actually take? Wisdom helps in that. So wisdom is something that's not just an idea, but it actually helps us in life and the decisions that we face. Without wisdom, uh, we can't get past ourselves. Okay? If we don't have wisdom, then we're just going to continue to do the same things over and over again. And so wisdom allows us to Live life differently. And again, it begins on a new foundation of following Jesus. That's the first step. Becoming a Christian. Deciding to make Jesus the boss of your life. Letting him lead you. That is the first step in in gaining wisdom. And that comes through walking with Jesus. And so today I want to talk about two key attitudes that we can choose that help kind of set the stage for wisdom to get into our life. In, In Proverbs... Uh, wisdom is personified as a woman and you could just take that however you want. Okay. Wisdom is personified as a, as a woman. So when it talks about wisdom, you'll see a lot about her and she is telling you things. So it's this picture of, of this woman who's instructing you in the right way. And wisdom is speaking and wisdom is telling you what to do. And we have a choice. Do we listen to wisdom? Will we see wisdom? Will we follow wisdom? And the Proverbs are written from this personification of a woman who's instructing you on the, where to go and instructing you of obstacles to avoid. And you see this is, is a journey. The reason I bring that up is wisdom is something that's not learned like we normally think of learning. If I were to say, you need to learn this week, most of us would say, okay, what class do I need to sign up for? And what textbook do I need to buy? Right. Learning for us is mostly educational. It happens in a classroom. That's what makes sense to us. But learning wisdom isn't the exact same. You don't necessarily learn it in the classroom. You can't just buy a book on get wisdom and read it and you have it. 
Wisdom happens in the laboratory of life. There's the flow of life. And as you live it, and as you observe, and as you think, and as you act, and as you read what's happening, and as you respond, that's how wisdom begins to get into your life. I want to kind of start with this description of of this in Proverbs 1, uh, verse 20. It says, Wisdom cries aloud in the street, in the market she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. So the picture here is you're in the flow of life and there's many things that are vying for your attention. But God's wisdom, she cries aloud to us. And that's this picture of in our lives, we have many things vying for our attention. We have the media. We have our experience. We have our past. We have our upbringing. We have culture. We have popular opinion. And in the noise of the busy streets, wisdom cries out. And the question is, are we listening? Can we hear wisdom as she speaks? And then it goes on in 22 through 23. And it says, how long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. So there's the idea that wisdom knows what to do in the situations by situation. Wisdom knows how we should act. Wisdom knows the attitudes we should choose. What it's saying here is we have to listen. And then if we allow wisdom to teach us, we can actually learn. And so we're going to talk about how to become the type of people that wisdom will pour out to us. That the pipeline from wisdom to our own minds and hearts will not be clogged. So how does that happen? In the scripture, you find that there's actually key attitudes that allows wisdom to flow in our life without major blockage. There's a direct connect between wisdom and these, these attitudes that we can choose. And so I want to talk about these attitudes because these kind of set like the staging ground for wisdom. Or the idea is like a base camp. Um, I went through a phase where I was really into learning about hiking Everest, not for my own like advent, like I'm never going to do that, I'm pretty sure I could say. However... It's fascinating, but here's a picture of base camp, and the reason that they have base camp uh, before Everest is you can't just get in a helicopter and just say, hey, like, drop me off like 50 feet under the summit of Everest and allow me just to climb up. If you go right to the top of Everest without spending time in base camp, you, you'll actually die because your body has to get used to the lack of oxygen in the air that happens even at this level. So there's this acclimation that has to happen where your body has to get used to breathing with less oxygen. And this is less oxygen, but on the summit of Everest is even more. And so this is kind of a staging ground. So you're ready to summit up to the next level. Well, that's how wisdom is. Wisdom just doesn't flow just because we ask for wisdom. I don't know if you knew that. You can't just wake up and say, God, give me wisdom. And you get it. Have you ever wondered that? Like, God, just give me wisdom. And you just feel like, well, I'm still doing the same thing I've always done. The reason is, is there's actually things that we need to do beforehand for wisdom to flow into us. There's things that we need to do to acclimate 
to getting it into our life. And these are the two attitudes. The first is fear of the Lord. Anytime you look at wisdom in the, the Proverbs, you see this tie to fear of the Lord. And I want to spend some time talking about this, this first attitude. Proverbs 9.10 says this. Put that on the screen. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So here you see the fear of the Lord is the what? It's the beginning of wisdom. If you want wisdom to flow into your life, if you want insight, if you want to see things differently in the flow of life and in your circumstances, it begins with this, the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord means that you take God seriously. He's not just a, like an abstract idea. You realize that he is real. He's designed the world. He's determined reality. And therefore, I have to choose to live my life his way. That's the fear of the Lord. He's not just out there. He's here. And he's not absent. He sees. And he's not distant. He cares and he cares about the decisions that I make. He cares about the attitudes that I choose. So the fear of the Lord is, is recognizing that God is real in the world and he wants to lead me. He wants to lead my life. So the fear of the Lord is it's the beginning of wisdom. It's, it's this idea of breakthrough point. If you see this picture on the screen, they're digging a, a tunnel and that light at the end of the tunnel, you ever heard that phrase? It's the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, when you're digging a tunnel, that's actually really important. I've just said that like, you're almost there, finish strong, you're seeing the light. But if you're the worker, could you imagine the light, what that represents? Like, we're almost done. We can exit this cave. It's like hope, right? You see that light and you're like, yes, we're there, all this work. And it's not collapsed on us. That's what I'd be thinking. But that's the breakthrough point. You get to the point where it, it's worked. We started digging and we've gotten to the other side. And that light there, that represents wisdom. But you don't just get the light. You have to dig the tunnel to get there. And that's the fear of the Lord. It's the breakthrough point to getting wisdom uh, into your life. Uh, in the aftermath, the way the fear of the Lord works, it, it helps you avoid storms. Because when you fear the Lord, you realize that he has set boundaries on life. If he is real and he is a factor and he wants me to live a certain way, then you realize that his word are not just mere suggestions. His word are guides. It's how I should live my life. There's many choices that we all have for how to live. But fear of the Lord is out of all the choices, out of all the noise, I'm going to choose God's way. Because he's the creator and he knows best. On how I need to live my life. And so there's this, like this deference and submission that you give to God. That, that's what fear of the Lord is. So it helps you to avoid storms because you're living within the boundaries that God has put in place. Proverbs 15 says this. The fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom and humility comes before honor. And so this idea of the fear of the Lord is instruction. You, you recognize that God wants to teach us. And the fear of the Lord is saying that I actually need to be taught. It's important. There's things that I need to learn that God wants to teach me. And the fear of the Lord is this instruction that God wants to pour uh, into our life. And then the last proverb I want to share is 1923. Uh, 23. It says, the fear of the Lord leads to life 
and whoever has it rests satisfied, he will not be visited by harm. Okay, here at church, in group life, and in everything that we do, we want to talk about God's word. God's word is, is our guide. God leads us through his word, through his Holy Spirit. And as you walk with God, you find that again and again. We walk in the spirit and he guides us through his word. We walk in the spirit and he guides us through his word. And wisdom comes with this understanding that his commands are not opinions. His commands are the way to life. And the only kind of picture I have of this is like guardrails on like a mountain. So I don't know if any of you have, have done mountain biking, but if I'm this guy, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good because if I'm going really fast, I might jam against that guardrail, but it's going to protect me from flying off the side. Now, some of you adventurous are going to look and say, but it's so restrictive. I want the whole road. That's true. But when you're going so fast on a turn, you're not thinking I want the whole road. I'm thinking I want something that's going to keep my life on this side of the cliff, right? The fear of the Lord is this. God has boundaries on life. These boundaries are not just made to restrict our freedom. These boundaries are protection. The fear of the Lord is God is not out to get me. God is actually out to protect me. And I decide that his protection and his commands overrule my own sensibilities at times. His protection, his commands trump my opinion or popular opinion or the opinion of anyone else. That's what the fear of the Lord is. The opposite of the fear of the Lord is, is doing life my way. It's like that. Would any of you do that? Okay, we have one. I wouldn't. I mean, like, there's part of me that's like, I, I, I would be shaking, like, already. Just, like, just look at that rub. But that, that's like fear of the Lord. I mean, without it. Without fear of the Lord. It's you're on the side living your life and there's no boundaries. But isn't that a picture of what life is without God? That's the sentiment of culture. You do whatever makes you happy. Actually, that's riding on a cliff without guardrails. Do whatever you want. Actually, that's riding on a cliff without guardrails. Because whatever makes me happy sometimes is I just want to go super fast and oh, I'm flying in the air. And splat. Fear the Lord. You actually need guardrails. In boundaries is protection. and In protection is love. Parents know that. And God is the same way as our Heavenly Father. In the boundaries, in the protection is love. And that's what fear the Lord is. Okay? The second attitude was mentioned in that previous proverb, but it's humility. So for wisdom to flow in your life, you need to fear the Lord. I'm going to take him seriously. His guardrails are to protect me because he loves me. Second attitude is, is humility. Proverbs 11:2, very plain, straight to the point, says this. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. So the opposite of humility is pride. And you see just two opposites here. With pride comes disgrace. Doesn't matter what your intentions were, doesn't matter what you hoped would happen. If you choose pride, your life will unravel before you. You will have nothing to show for it. That's what happens with pride. But if you choose humility, wisdom can come. 
Now, we live in a time where if we have to look at what's most popular, you know, sharing how good you are and sharing your intentions and all that you can do and conquer. I mean, that's like every pop song I've heard recently. Right. Nothing can stop me. Actually, pride can. But like that doesn't sell many records, right? But with humility, you, you may actually not look as good. But you may know how to rebuild your life. You may look like you don't have it all together, but you're going to make progress. That's what humility uh, is. What happens with pride is it actually distorts our place in the world. And when we choose pride, we, we put ourselves in front of others. And that's actually taking a position that God does not want us to take. In humility, we're supposed to seek the Lord and then choose deference as we relate to people. In the aftermath of life, as things are spiraling, there's something in us that we feel like we need control. And many times it's, it's pride. And we think we know best. We think we know our own circumstances. We know our own experiences because I've been with myself my whole life. Right? So pride is I, I don't need help. Pride is I know better than somebody else. So they can't tell me what to do. Pride is I'm misunderstood. But with that, you, you have a distorted view. This is going to be scary, but here's a distorted picture of me and Pastor Randy. I was thinking we could put that on like the church website. Like, you know, like, welcome. Look at the, look at the nose on me right there. Like, just, just look at that for like one more second. That, but that, that's what, what pride is. Now, that would be a great, wouldn't it be a great reflection every time we choose pride? We look in the mirror and that's the face we see. But in reality, that, that, that's what it is. When we think we have nothing to learn, when we think we know best, this is how we look. Can you guys change that? That's kind of freaking me out. <laughs> Proverbs 26 uh, 12 says this, do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool, uh, more hope for a fool than for him. Uh, the opposite of wisdom is, is folly. And in Proverbs 1, which I read earlier, there was a word called simple. Oh, you simple ones. How long are you going to live in your simple life? That idea is, is this very similar. It's, it's a immaturity. It's a foolishness. It's just being naive. And in the aftermath of life, what it is, is I don't need to change anything I do, but somehow my circumstances will get better. That's actually being foolish. I don't need to do anything different. There's nothing I need to change, but I know over time it will get better. You see how that doesn't really make sense? If you don't change and you don't do anything different, and your attitude stays the same, and you see it the same way, and your approach is the exact same, you will keep getting the same result. And isn't that true? But I don't know about you, but I see that in everyone else. And I could look at other people and think, well, if they would just do that, they wouldn't have that same problem, right? It's so easy in others to see, they just keep doing the same things. But what's hard is in us, it can be the same. 
In the unraveling, we can just think, well, I'll just try harder. Actually, trying harder might be you're pedaling faster, but you're on the side of a mountain without a guardrail. It's not wise. So humility is this, this recognition and this understanding that I need help outside myself. I don't have all the answers. Why? Because I'm in the aftermath and things are falling apart. And I'm in a rut and I'm stuck. And I've been in the same place five years ago and actually five years before that. You can look at your life and you can see again and again. There's just patterns that can develop from us not asking the right questions from us, not looking at our situations uh, differently. And so these two things, fear of the Lord. I'm going to stay within the boundaries God's put because he protect me. He loves me and he wants to protect me. So I'm going to actually live according to his word. I'm going to read his word. I'm going to live according to it in the situations. I find myself, I'm going to find out what God's word has to say about it. And then humility is, is realizing that as I learn, how do I apply that to, to my life? And what have I done that, that's wrong? What have I done that's actually caused some of the problems? Now, these two attitudes are so crucial because if we're not willing to consider God as the main factor and main leader of our life, we can't learn from him. And we can't learn the wisdom that he gives. And if we don't choose humility and we just remain prideful, then God's not a factor in our lives. We're just going to keep doing the same thing. So you can see why these two attitudes are crucial for wisdom to flow. Because without fear of the Lord and without humility, there's just major blockage of pride, of just doing the same thing again and again, expecting different results. And so to really change, you have to begin to walk on this path of fearing God and walk on this path of humility. And humility is just this, this idea like, I, I don't know everything. Now, we have varying degrees of experience and intelligence, but we all don't know as much as we could. And we definitely don't know all according to God. He sees everything and he understands everything. Recently, I had a picture of just not having the whole picture and just this picture of humility. I was at a, a light and it was red and I was turning right at a red light. And there was a car in front of me and the light turned green. And what does green mean? It means go. What does yellow mean? It means go. Yes, yes. That was just a test. We're all on the same page. But it was a green light. I'm at the light when to turn. There's a car in front of me. And the light turns green. And we're not moving. And, I, you know, in silence, I'm objecting to this delay. And I'm thinking, like, how long do I wait before, like, my silence objection turns into, like, honking objection? You know, so the light's green. Cars are going straight. I'm wanting to turn, and we're not moving. And so I just kind of do like a, you know, it wasn't maybe that crazy. It was maybe like a one strong, like, and then a follow-up, you know. But sorry, a little strategy there. But um, so I'm, I'm getting all fired up, like, come on, let, let's go, let's go. Why are we not going? And then all of a sudden, you know what I saw? People crossing the street. I was so fired up. I mean, part of me is like, I'm just going to go around. They're not going. Could you imagine if I would have gone around? I could have hit the people. That's not even funny. 
But I, you know, I was just so fired up. Like, it's green. That's all I could see. It's green. Let's go. Let's go. And then all of a sudden, I see them walking across the street. And in that moment, it was like, Alex, you impatient man. How could I be so ignorant? And then, like, how do you, like, make that right with the driver? You know what I mean? Because you just, like, lit them up. Like, what are you thinking? And they're like, actually, I'm thinking of lives. I love people. I love them. And I'm like, I've got to go, you know. And so then, you know, you're turning and it's like the whole wave, like, sorry, didn't see the green light, didn't see what you saw. I only saw what I saw. But in one wave, you hope that communicates. You're like, I feel like a jerk, you know. And that that's like, that's why you need humility. It's this idea of sometimes all we see is what we see. And fear of the Lord and humility are saying, actually, there's more than just that little picture. You actually have to look. You have to look, to, you know, a little wider. And sometimes you have to look and you can't even see it. In my case, it wasn't that I wasn't looking. It was just that there was obstructions. The car could see in front of me. It's just I wasn't in front. And the fear of the Lord and humility is like you get into a position where you can see. And that's where wisdom comes. So these attitudes are critical. If we want to see the way God sees, it begins with fear of the Lord and it begins with humility. Again, this is where we started. God's wisdom is what we need to rebuild in the aftermath. I want to invite you back to come the next two weeks because we're going to talk further about, okay, once you begin to choose these attitudes and these attitudes, they're not like you wake up and you're like, all right, God, fear the Lord, humility, check, check, flow the wisdom. It's like in your relationships, you have to choose humility again and again. And today you wake up and like, maybe you did good. And then tomorrow you wake up and you're just kind of thinking about yourself. You have to choose it again. And fear the Lord is like, okay, God, I know what you say here, but I kind of want to do what I want. And you blow past the boundaries. You know, you treat people in a way that you shouldn't based on what God's word says. Or you handle your responsibilities in a way that you, you shouldn't based on what God's word says. So it's not perfection and it's not automatic. This is what walking with God is. Daily choosing humility. Daily choosing the fear of the Lord. But there's a promise that I want to leave with today that that's helpful because this is where we're going to kind of continue to launch next week. We're going to talk about with wisdom and beginning in our life as we choose fear of the Lord, as we choose humility, how do we become coachable people? I want to ask you that. Are you a coachable person? You don't have to answer, but are you coachable? That is, if somebody were to come to you and give you insight about something that you're doing that's damaging to your life, would you hear it? Would you be willing to listen? If God's word told you something that you need to do differently, would you do it? That's what it means to be a coachable person. We're going to talk about that next week. But here's a promise promise in Proverbs. First off, what are the first two words there? Get Wisdom. That's a command. What are you supposed to do? Get wisdom. If you want to rebuild, if you want to live life effectively, get wisdom. Then it goes further. Get insight. Do not forget. And do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Again, this is wisdom speaking. Do not forsake her, and she will keep you. Love her, and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. 
get wisdom, and whatever you get, get insight. I want to close with this. With what you're facing right now, do you want wisdom? Do you need it? Are there some areas in your life where you see, you know, I don't actually have it all figured out. And I'm kind of just coasting along in my own understanding. That's the area where God wants to give wisdom to you. But this is a a promise and a challenge to us. It's actually something that you have to desire. Because at the end of the day, fearing the Lord and choosing humility is a battle. But we do it because we want God's wisdom. We want to handle life in the flow of it in the right way that pleases him. So I want to invite the band up. I'm going to close out here. I'm going to pray in just a moment, and we're going to receive our offering. And uh, on your connection card that Jeremy had you fill out, if you could pull that out, if you've not yet finished filling that out, I would love to pray for you this week. If you have prayer requests, you can put that on the back side of the connection card, on the blank lines there, and I'd love to pray for you this week. Uh, but there are some next steps that you can take today. And we do this each week, and this is just a way of how do I take what I've learned and begin to put it into practice. And the first one is, uh, if you've not yet decided to build on a new foundation and follow Jesus and for him to become the leader of your life, uh, you can mark that on your connection card for the first time you decide to follow him and make him your Lord. Uh, we'll follow up with you. We'll send you some information. But that's, that's really the first step into wisdom is you, you need to commit your life to follow Jesus. Okay, the second is you may want to go back and read the Proverbs on the fear of the Lord and humility and just ask God to kind of give you some more insight. I went pretty quick through those. But just reading the Proverbs, what I've mentioned today, that, that can be real helpful and just give you some, some insights. So you may want to do that. And then there's a third next step, which is just a blank. Maybe you're just sensing, like, hey, there's some areas in my life where I need to get wisdom or some, there's some things that are blocking desire for wisdom or there's some things that are blocking God speaking to me. Um, you may just want to want to jot that that down on there as well. Uh, if I've never met you, I would love after service to to meet you. I'm going to stay uh, up here towards the front of the stage after the service is wrapped up. And I'd love to meet you today. Let's pray. And then we're going to sing back to God as we receive our offering. Let's pray. God, thank you for the promise of wisdom as we seek it. And really, it's a promise of yourself. You, you do not withhold yourself from us. And especially, God, as we choose the right attitudes, uh, we can gain insight and we can gain understanding and we can gain wisdom. God, help us in our lives right now and the things that are unraveling or things that are broken or things where we're frustrated. Uh, help us to see that we don't need to try harder. Uh, we, we actually need to do things differently. So just give us the insight into just what those are in our own life right now. And God, give us the, the strength to be willing to change our approach, uh, be willing, willing to change our attitudes. So we, we ask that you'll speak to us in the name of Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.